Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Where Liberty Dwells podcast. I am your host, Vaughn Hilp. First and foremost, I want to address some slight tweaks to the show that'll be for the better. Uh, from now on, I plan to release an episode bi-weekly on Fridays. Uh, the show will usually be more formulaic now, and there'll be updates on social media along the way. So that being said, please go follow Where Liberty Dwells podcast at Instagram. Um, it's at Where Liberty Dwells podcast, um, because that'll get you updated on anything new, any new episodes, um, and it helps me out. So I really appreciate it. Uh, but now to start off, what is going on? What is going on in the media? Um, number one, I think which is most important is stimulus. There will be what looks like, well, it'll, it looks positive, a positive outlook for a stimulus bill. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham said he's never been more optimistic about a bill before. And uh, this, this relief bill for coronavirus will, uh, it includes the following, a $300 a week uh, in, in enhanced federal unemployment benefits, uh, a continued pause on student loan on student loan payments, an eviction moratorium, another round of money for the Paycheck Protection Program, $16 billion for vaccine development and distribution and COVID-19 testing and tracing, the extension of unemployment programs that allowed gig workers to file for unemployment insurance, and the extension of the program that allows unemployed Americans to get 39 weeks instead of 26. This is all this is all good. I mean, I'm not. I'm never a huge fan of the federal government, especially spending huge sums of money. Uh, the Republicans are just happy that it's not yet over a trillion dollars. Which I mean, woohoo! Okay, sure, a trillion dollars. Um, but I guess I agree with uh, the sentiment from Utah Senator Mitt Romney, who said that he's not a big fan of spending ever. But the only time to spend is when there's a crisis, and this is this is a crisis. Uh, you know, vaccination. Or I'm sorry. Uh, Coronavirus cases and hospitalizations have kind of skyrocketed uh, as winter approaches. People start going inside. You can't do any outdoor dining. People are just forced into more indoor areas, uh, which we all kind of knew this would come as the as the winter rolled around. But so this is the time. This is the time to for the government to provide for its people. So this is good, and that at least that there's some bipartisan effort here is promising. Uh, in other news, the presumed president-elect Joe Biden, he broke his foot last weekend. Uh, apparently, on Thursday, he announced that he came out and said that this was he broke his foot after chasing his dog after he got out of the shower. And if that isn't the most 2020 thing that I've ever heard, that this man who announced that he broke his a 78-year-old man with damn near dementia broke his foot after getting out of the shower and chasing his dog... He's going to be the president. That is just a, a, a beautiful capstone to this year, if, if, I, if I do say so myself. Um, also, the Georgia Senate race. Uh, this is extremely important. If you, like me, do not want to see the White House, which it, it, with, with in all probability will be controlled by Democrats, along with the Senate and the House, if you do not want all three of those institutions to be controlled by Democrats, you most certainly want to pay attention to the Georgia Senate race. And if you live in Georgia, you definitely want to get out and vote for Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue. They are the, the Senate candidates in Georgia. This race is happening because in November, uh, neither neither of the candidates uh, received 50% of the vote in order to maintain um, or win the seat. Uh, this is, so now there's going to be a runoff on January 5th. And there's some, there's some craziness going on. Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, they are pro-Trump lawyers. Uh, Sidney Powell especially make, has been making some wild accusations of voter fraud, and she was actually booted from the Trump team. But they were, they in, a, in, a, in an event, they said that if Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue 
if they don't try and overturn the election results of the presidential election in Georgia, that they have not uh, they have not earned your vote. They said that to a crowd. That is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Why why would you? So so their their goal is to to get back at to get back at the at the the mismanagement of elections and the American people for voting in Joe Biden. Their response to that to get back at them is to have the Democrats control the Senate as well as the White House. It makes no sense. Uh, so especially if you live in Georgia, don't don't not vote. Don't and and go out and vote for them if you don't want that to happen. Please, this is important. Um, a, a world where Joe Biden is the president of the United States, uh, but is checked by a Republican majority Cong- uh, Senate is is a world's better than both chambers of Congress and the White House being controlled by the Democrats. Um, so just please, please, this is very important. Um, and also in the news, uh, sadly, Walter Williams, uh, an esteemed economist at George Mason University, he passed away on Wednesday. Um this is honestly a terrible loss to academia. He Williams was he was well known for his classical liberal and libertarian views. So honestly, if we're speaking economically, this man is among among the greats of the 20th century and and one of my favorites that that I like to read about. He along with him and Milton Friedman and Thomas and Thomas Sowell, um, he's the originator of several of some of my favorite quotes, and I'd like to share some here. Uh, first, he said. But let me offer you my definition of social justice. I keep what I earn and you keep what you earn. Do you, do you disagree? Oh, well, then you tell me how much of what I earn belongs to you and why. And I just, I love that because it's just, it's so, it's so relevant today with, with this, this growing sense of social justice that um, honestly, what he says there should make total sense to anybody and there shouldn't be an answer to, to why you deserve what I've earned unless the, the individual is no longer the most important thing in society. If we start making groups more important than the individual, then people will develop answers to that. And that's what we've come to now. And the second one builds off of that. He says, democracy and liberty are not the same. Democracy is little more than mob rule, while liberty refers to the sovereignty of the individual. And this perfectly encapsulates encapsulates my previous statement as well as the United States as a whole. The United States was not meant to be a democracy. We're a representative republic. And that has a better chance of maintaining this this liberty and this sovereign this sovereignty of the individual when you don't have a mob rule, a fifty one percent majority ruling over a forty nine percent minority. You don't want that. You you want to have representation uh, as evenly distributed as possible. Uh, and lastly, probably my favorite is prior to capitalism, the way people amassed great wealth was by looting, plundering, and enslaving their fellow man. Capitalism made it possible to become wealthy by serving your fellow man. And I mean, you got to love that. I mean, what's not to like about that quote there? Capitalism and a society rooted in free markets is the single greatest way to bring people out of poverty. And that is backed by now centuries of data. Very clearly. And I just want to say how sad it is that he is no longer with us. Um, he's just a, a great mind in academia, and he will be dearly missed. Um, and also, and now lastly, what I want to talk about really today is uh, that on Sunday, November 29th, Biden named his, his new press secretary when he takes over to be Jen Psaki. She is a political advisor and a former White House communications director under Barack Obama. And shortly after this announcement, a 2014 photo of Saki spread of her donning a pink uh, Yushenka hat 
with the hammer and sickle enclosed in a red star. And she she was wearing this hat. This this cat this hat came to be on her head um, after a diplomatic meeting with with Saki, former Secretary of John State John Kerry, and two Russian official, officials, their foreign minister and their foreign ministry spokesperson. Um, and many conservative accounts on social media began to spread this image and with the sentiment of Saki being like the enemy within and, and a Russian or a Soviet sympathizer and all this. Um, now, do, do I think that Jen Saki is a, is a Russian sympathizer or a Soviet sympathizer? No, this, I think this was very clearly lighthearted. Um, in, in fact, the, according to the Washington post, this, after this meeting, they, the four of them exchanged uh, some odd gifts the, while the Russians offered Saki this this pink Yushenka hat uh, with the with the hammer and sickle on it, <laughs> John Kerry offered the Russians two reasonably sized Idaho potatoes. Uh, that's according to USA Today, and that is just, I mean, okay, it's just it's just a very strange in, in interaction in general. Um, but yeah, so this seems obviously to be lighthearted, um, and I think anybody with a little bit of common sense can see that Jensaki's not a Russian sympathizer. But at, with the, at the same time, I think you can also then tell that Donald Trump clearly was not he was not a Russian agent. And for, but but nonetheless, for the first two and a half years of his presidency, there was this int- the, basically it it was the only story by the mainstream media for the first two and a half years was how he was a Russian agent. He conspired with the Russians to undermine the 2016 election, which is, it's just, it, it, once again, with a little bit of common sense and, and you look at the, the evidence that was presented, it's just, there was nothing there. Um, but obviously, yes, Jen Psaki's not a Russian sympathizer. And shortly after uh, this meeting in 2014, the Russians, uh, in, like they annexed Crimea and Jen Psaki at the time had, she supported Ukraine, and so obviously she's she's not she's not supporting the Russians here. But however, I wanted to hone in on some common sense in history today, um, because it isn't just Jen Psaki utilizing the hammer and sickle. Time and time again, I see the this u- the use of the symbol on social media, and symbolism is incredibly important. Whether it's like a whether it's like a an Instagram story. Uh, and someone's using that to promote their their left wing page, or it's uh, at the end of a Twitter handle of of some left wing user. And I follow these people because I want to stay updated on their agenda. But when I see this, it really it really makes me scratch my head because that that hammer and sickle it, it's such a it's such a like a pungent. I guess that's for smell, but it's such a it's such a you, you get such a visceral reaction. I think when you see that. Um, but I think a lot of people are starting to lose sight of what that really means. This is the same symbol that flew above the Soviet gulags, which imprisoned 18 million people and killed one and a half million people during the first half of the 20th century. The same symbol that uprooted and deported hundreds of thousands of people across Eastern Europe. The same symbol that the, that the exact same Yushenka hats on, of soldiers had engaged in mass raping and mass killings at the end of the Second World War. The hammer and sickle is... The identifying mark of one of the most oppressive political and military states of all time. So when it when when this when this you know I mean uh, I'm assuming this is a young person who has these left wing ideologies and and they they at least have some understanding of what that means to be on the left and be a communist in some way and they use the word comrades in their in their posts and they they use the hammer and sickle and they and all of their all of their artwork for whatever content they're creating is this like strange 20th century uh, Soviet propaganda looking type of type of color scheme and, and art. 
I mean, I think they it is it's almost like a it's almost like a they treat it like a personality trait, you know, and they don't really fully understand the the consequences of using that type of symbolism because it stands for absolute atrocity and agony and and I think they've just totally lost sight of that. I was actually doing some research for this uh, this podcast and I was reading this leftist blog and it was this uh, this communist who also somehow identifies as an anarchist and he was he wrote this this article about why he uses why he chooses to use the hammer and sickle and and part of what he said was that he's like yeah the Soviet regime was they were problematic and they did some bad things but everything we've learned you know is is through the 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 eyes of of this western propaganda so we can only take that with a grain of salt and i met, i read that immediately and i've spoken on this before i immediately was like i i didn't feel like that at all i went i went to a public high school and and i even had a i even had a conservative history teacher but through all of my history classes throughout high school I, you know we i i had a very good understanding of how just how evil the nazi regime was and i've spoke about this before but and you really get the sense of how bad they were deservingly obviously they were they were terrible this is a terrible 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 regime but then you come out and you and you see the soviets and and like last year at, at, here at, on campus i saw someone in a residence hall they were just they just had the soviet flag up in their their dorm window and i'm thinking like how is that how is that perceived any differently they they killed millions of people as well it's just so backwards to me that we've 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 come to a place where where two equally evil evil signals and or I'm sorry symbols are treated so differently in my eye using the the hammer and sickle as a way to display something if you use the content is the same as using the nazi swastika it it absolutely appalls me every time i see it used and I, it's just it's just dangerous. We we really got to be careful. Uh, and now also, I wanted to introduce this new little segment. I just want to call it nonsense. Every episode, I want to I want to find something uh, recently in the news that is just the most nonsensical or hilarious thing I could find. And and we did not disappoint in this first installment because uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez AOC. But apparently, we're not allowed to use AOC because that's misogynistic I, I don't know she has an incredibly long name and it's also her twitter handle so forgive me um but alexandria ocasio cortez she's she's selling a sweatshirt on her website with which you can buy all sorts of leftist uh merchandise such as drink water and don't be racist but she's she's selling a sweatshirt that says tax the rich and the sweatshirt is 58 dollars <laughs> And if this is not if this is not the most ironic thing I've seen in a long time, I mean, come on, you. The, and this is immediately she was goofed upon immediately by by tons of people uh, on social media. And I, I mean, I I can't afford a fifty eight dollars sweatshirt. I I don't buy thirty dollars sweatshirts. Who, who can afford? The only rich people can afford this. And uh, and the Daily Wire, uh, conservative outlet, they capitalized pretty quickly on this, and they they created the exact same sweater, but the. The caption is "insert woke slogan" here, so that was, that's good. But I mean, how did she expect this to go well? That it's like a, a sweatshirt. It also doesn't even have a hood. I mean, this is this is just a, this is just a, a regular sweatshirt, fifty-eight bucks. And then even further, she she just keeps going. There's just so much nonsense that comes from Alexandria Ocasio Cortez that I, I just had to. There was just more. She she also she she came to Twitter where she does much of her her uh, her public outreach and she said that republicans would never know 
uh, you know, what it's like to, to work as a waitress or a waiter or in the service industry because all they do is sit in their leather chairs, you know? It's like they, it's like she almost actually believes that Republicans and people who are who would self-describe as a capitalist, they, they it's almost like she actually believes that people they wear monocles and top hats and they're just they all they sit on a stack of gold <laughs> or an or in a leather chair and they just they just sit there twiddling their fingers and they just exploiting people. It's 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 actually like almost childlike, which is Actually, not that surprising, but she this and this instantly inspired tons of backlash from Republican lawmakers um, and people in just general conservative academia. And they're saying like, I, there there are tons of people saying I, I worked as a I worked as a waiter, I worked as a waitress, I worked in the service industry. She was talking about crying in the walk-in refrigerator about getting the wrong type of water, and someone was like, "I did that exact same thing." Like you're you're no better, you're no better than me because you also think that the government should be there to help you. That's really the, the big differentiator there is that she believes that because of her struggles as a working class person, that the government is is the one that should always pick them up. And conservatives and Republicans believe the government is there to do very essential functions. But at the end of the day, you, the individual, is responsible for for your actions and for your success. And obviously you need some help along the way. The, the government's not there to do nothing, but she wants the government to be the the sole influencer upon the the, the your success in life, which is the, which is the big the big hard pill to swallow by everybody who's everybody who's not extremely on on the left wing. Uh, so I just wanted to share a little bit of nonsense with you today. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to follow me on Instagram if you would like to stay updated with this new format of the show. Uh, so that, with that being said, this has been Where Liberty Dwells Podcast. I'm your host, Vaughn Hilp. I'll see you next time. <laughs>